0: Hey everyone Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out 1 hour of 5 yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Hello and welcome to the 5 yard dynasty podcast. I am your host this week and unfortunately I am alone. Rich has had a family emergency so has had to step away. So I am Liam. If you don't know me, I am at the FSA Tweets on Twitter, and I will be going through this week's week two, which was a very interesting week. I think we got back to a bit of normality this week, but we'll go through that shortly. So normally, Rich would ask me what my cocktail of the week is, so... I have to ask myself, so this is a stro- strawberry daiquiri. What it is is a bit of lime juice, strawberry liqueur, strawberry puree, a bit of simple syrup and some rum, uh, and it's really good. One of my favourite cocktails there is, and I just needed to just to get a, a, quick, a quick cocktail in this week. So before we get into the pod, what I'll be doing is just going over... The, the the normal ad read that we've got for this month so that is manscaped so five yard dynasty has been partnering with manscaped for about a month now and it's in essence the, the best below the waist grooming that there is around so there you can see the lawnmower 4.0 honestly i never really gave it much thought if you listen to the previous parts, rich has said the same i never really gave much thought into below the waist grooming and then When this came along, it was a game-changer, an utter game-changer. There's a reason that they're they're so successful. There are so many people around the world using it. With 5-Yard Dynasty being sponsored by Manscaped, everyone that would like to buy one can go to their website and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code 5YARD. That is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 5YARD. So... On to this week. It was a, kind of, as I said, it kind of got back to normality a little bit. So I'll go over the high scorers to start with. So the high scorers at the quarterback position, as usual, it is four, point t- uh, four points per touchdown minus one for interceptions, just normal sleeper scoring. And the top three were Kyla Murray right at the top at, QB1, Lamar Jackson, and then Tom Brady. And I think everyone called Tom Brady doing really well this year, uh, this week. So moving on to running backs, this is in half PPR, not full PPR. Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, and CMC or Christian McCaffrey. Again, all did extremely well. Some of the top guys I'd expect to see every week. Henry and Jones this week were on an absolutely other level. I, I stayed up to watch the Packers game uh, last night, and... There was a clear game plan going into it and it was just an insane show from the Packers offense that they're going to bounce back this year. Obviously, that is coming from a very much a Packers fan. But yeah, I, th- I think Jones was the focal point. Adams was kind of used more as a as a decoy with the odd pass to him, target to tra- try and keep the uh keep the defense honest and make sure they're covering their wide receivers. So then moving on to the wide receiver room, this is where it kind of gets a bit more unusual, something that we didn't really predict as a community. So we'll start at the wide receiver three. So I know a lot of people were on um Terry McLaurin, who is the wide receiver three this sh- this week. I saw a stat earlier and he played he's played a hundred percent of snaps over the past two weeks. Um unfortunately I haven't had enough time to have a look at look at it and just triple check it but 100% of snaps over two weeks that's an insane snap percentage. And he he's been doing really well. So let's let's see how McLaren carries on. Um he's not finished as a as a wide receiver one in his career over a season so it will be interesting to see how it goes especially without Patrick uh, Fitzpatrick So we'll see how that carries on. So just keep an eye on McQuarrie. Tyler Lockett is someone that I'm really surprised about. So I sold him in a dynasty league not too long ago, just before the season started expecting him to have another year like he did last year, where he scored a couple of boom weeks, some weeks where he will have won you champion, will have won you that matchup where he scored about 50 to 40 to 50 PBR points. But this week, um, for the second straight week this year, he's done really well. He scored around thirty points, and if he keeps up that consistency, we may see a shift in that in that offense from DK Metcalf to uh, Tyler, Look- uh, Tyler Lockett. And then, last but not least, I say last, he's first. So wide receiver one this week was Cooper Cup, and he's actually the wide receiver one over the past two weeks combined. He's someone that a lot of people didn't really think much of. We have um, Robert Woods there, and I think a lot of people were expecting Robert Woods' role to be a lot bigger. Um, we had some early reports during training camp that Cup was a favourite target of Stafford, who recently got tra- traded there this offseason. But I think Cup is... Um, a, A surprise, to say the least. I definitely think he, or definitely thought he had top twelve upside, but I didn't think he would be the QB one over um, the first two weeks, Um, the wide receiver one over two weeks. Sorry. So, yeah, I I don't really have much to say on Cooper Cup. I thought it was going to be a Cooper Cup offense rather than Robert Woods, but it is what it is, and I don't think anyone could have called one or the other with much certainty. Moving on to the tight end, and um, so we use no tight end premium scoring in this, so it's just straight half PPR as usual. So starting off third, so Hockinson DJ Hockinson for the Lions, had a decently good game against the Packers. I say decently um, from a football point of view. Um, he was the focal point, but wasn't enough to get them over the, the hurdle to beat the Packers. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he did. He he was the tight end three. He did really well, um, and then moving on to the tight end two. So that is Gronk, which is a crazy, crazy thing to think about considering that Gronk is how old and yeah, he, he he looked at the end of last season to be getting back into some sort of rhythm with Tom Brady, but I think that end zone. Is where Gronk it, Gronk's magic is going to be. Um, I don't think we can just fully trust Gronk because there's going to be weeks where he doesn't score a touchdown. He's had four weeks, uh, four touchdowns over the past two weeks. I don't think that's going to happen for the rest of the season in a two weeks span. And um, I think he's going to regress a bit back to the norm, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. So, and then. The Ties End 1, uh, if you haven't guessed it already, it's Travis Kelsey. He had an absolutely insane week, and I mean insane. He will have won new matchup. So I, I want—I just want to see a lineup with someone in a Superflex league with Kyler Lamar, Henry, Jones, Kelsey. That It would have been a north of 300-point week, potentially, depending on how deep the league was. But yeah, there are uh, high scorers. So moving on. Significant news, wow. This was a a big week for news, so a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, and I'll try my best to whiz through them. Um, I'll pick out some ones that maybe are a bit more fantasy relevant, shall we say. So starting off, my rookie third-round love was Nico Collins. He's potentially going to IR. He's out for three to four weeks with a shoulder injury. Um he had one target for one reception of 32 yards and then was out for the rest of the game. So if he's making it into your lineups, you're probably not doing well this season, but we'll see how, or you'll have to figure out how that goes. Nico Collins out for three to four weeks, potentially. Then Dalvin Cook, I don't think this one's too much to worry about, to be honest. Um, I think it's just a bit dinged up. So according to the injury reports and the news that we've seen after the games, Uh, he's got some twinges over his ankles, so we'll see how that goes. But again, uh, just something to note, I don't think it's anything to really worry about. Just maybe keep it on your radar if you do have him in your lineups. And maybe Mattison, Alexander Mattison, the backup there, is a good picker. And then going back to the IR um, situation, we've got Jarvis Landry, who had an MCL sprain. Uh, MCL Strain, sorry. He's been moved to IR um, today. That news broke. So we'll see how that offence looks because on the other side, you've got Odell Beckham Jr. who potentially could be coming back this week. But we also thought he was coming back in week one and he was in inactive and he was also inactive this week. So we'll see what happens there because if there is no Landry and no Odell Beckham Jr. this week, That offence is going to look really, really different to what we've seen. Um, I just think that Stefanski is going to go into much more of a running offence than previously. So staying with the running back um, talk at the end of that there, Darrell Henderson has had some injuries to his ribs. So um, no x-ray results have been published yet but from the news, it's definitely something you need to consider and it could be out for a couple of weeks. Um, As I said, there's no real news yet, but that will be dropping over the next couple of days. So make sure you're keeping your eye on Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, um, Mike Garofalo, Tom uh, Pulisero. Someone will be tweeting that out later on in the week. The San Francisco 49ers backfield has been an injury like just there's so many injuries there it's unreal so obviously last week we had most go down um, potentially done for the season now Um initially it was six to eight weeks but that could be the whole season and um, the the 49ers holding back for this week you have Trey Sermon was made active and then I think it was on his first running play and um, he had a concussion and was out for the rest of the game week three status is unknown we don't know what's going on it's most likely that he misses this game but again we'll see I think you do get some concussion protocols cleared but we'll just have to see how that goes because if Sermon's not in this week I do expect him back next week from a concussion but it really depends on how bad that concussion is because they can hold people out for a couple of weeks if not more than that Staying with that room, Jermichael Hasty. Um, he had an ankle injury, same, same game, uh, he never came back to the game either, week three stages again is unknown. He could be out for a while according to a couple of reports, maybe one to three weeks, ankle injuries without being an ankle, uh, without being an injury expert in quotes. Um, they do tend to linger a little bit. So it's something that we need to keep an eye on. And then Elijah Mitchell, he went out of the game with a shoulder injury, but he did come back with, um, so again, week three status is unknown, but I would expect Elijah Mitchell to be a back because who else do they have? They did sign Trenton Cannon on the, um, off the waivers from, I believe it was the Ravens. So maybe it's Mitchell and, um, Mitchell and Cannon that will split carries in some capacity, but we'll see on that. He did, as I said, Mitchell did return to the game. So potentially um, could be healthy or he could just be a change of pace back and they'll have to let Cannon Cannon and maybe try and get use check in um, as a runner as well. And then a couple more. So we'll move on to some wide receivers. So we had Leviska Chenault um, shoulder injury. Apparently that's not long-term, but again, something to just watch. Um, we've not had anything else apart from it's not long-term and he could be back this week. Amari Cooper um, went out to the game with bruised ribs. He's being reevaluated tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, again, just... Keep an eye out on that. He could miss some time, but we have no further info at the moment. Uh, Deontay Johnson, on the last play of the game, um, took a big hit, and apparently it's his knee that's the issue. Doubtful for week three, uh, apparently not serious. So if you've got him, you might be missing him this week, but we'll see. Tyrod Taylor in the quarterback situation. He's doubtful for week three. And they've got a short week, so they play on Thursday. So um, in two days' time, as of the live stream/slash recording. So again, not considered injured, uh, not considered fully serious, but we could be seeing him go to IR. Um, so a bit of conflicting information from what I can find. Um, they have confirmed Watson is not going to be active week um, week three. So in a couple of days' time, so we will be seeing Davis Mills that. Um, is not surprising, but concerning for the Texans. I mean, I don't know what the Texans were going to do this year, but Tyrod Taylor actually looked pretty decent. So maybe Davis Mills does something, but he looked very shaky in the preseason. Um, and from the few bits that I saw in the highlights, he again looked pretty shaky. Um Dalton, Andy Dalton for Bears, again, doubtful for week three um, with a knee contusion. So this one is, I don't want to say it's good because no injury is good, but at least we do get to see Justin Herbert, um, not Justin Herbert, sorry, Justin Fields take the field for, in, in a full capacity rather than the odd snaps that he took in week one. Um so just in field zone, as you finally get to see what he looks like in the in the season, potentially this week. Um, and from the reports, it is looking like it's going to be this week. Wentz has somehow sprained both ankles. I don't know how you sprained both, um, unless he sprained one, went back onto the field and sprained the other. Um, but I don't think that was the case. He is again doubtful for week three, so it could be Jacob Easton taking the field there. Tua uh, um has bruised ribs, he's considered day-to-day. There is a chance to play this week. Uh, just keep an eye out on that. Baker Mayfield, what's the shoulder. I included him on this list just because we have Odell and Landry on here as well. Um and it fits with that run game script that I've been I, I talked about earlier, but apparently his shoulder is um is on the injury report. So He's likely to play. I don't think that they'll make him inactive, um, especially if he can still train. But it might be that we see a lot more run um, or check downs, if that is the case. And then on the bright side, a, a more brighter side of news, Will Fuller is supposedly returning this week. We thought he was going to return last week from suspension, but he was made an inactive uh, for personal reasons so potentially he could be returning this week but we'll have to see on that moving on to the dynasty stock market i've already spoken about cooper cup his stock has massively rise this week or risen sorry this week he's the wide receiver one over two weeks he looks to be uh, matt stafford's favorite target we'll we'll see how that goes but I do think Cooper Cup is a great ad if you can get him in a contending spot, but it's very price dependent. We don't know what that's going to look like in the over the coming weeks. Woods could make a comeback um and a very strong one at that. We all know that he's a good player. Um Cortland Sutton. There's no Judy in that offense anymore, and Sutton looks fully healthy now. He he we had the we held reservations because of his ACL straight or uh, ACL tear that we had last year. He looks healthy. Looks like he's never missed a beat. In my my opinion, anyway, uh, he had a thirty five percent target share, so something to watch on Courtland Sutton. Someone may still be sleeping on him, but I very much doubt it. After this week, he had a, he had a very good week this week. Now, last week we had an explosion from a rookie, and that was Chase uh, Jamar Chase. So he. Had I believe it was hundred just over a hundred um, yards, a touchdown and a lot of targets from Joe Burrow um, after a very shaky preseason as well. But this week it wasn't his turn anymore. It was Rondell Moore stole the show from, from a rookie's perspective. He exploded onto the scene. And he, he just what what a week for Rondell Moore. He had that really long um, touchdown. So. Something to watch there. His stock has definitely risen. Derek Carr, he's had back-to-back top 12 weeks. That is surprising to me. I, I have him as a as a QB2, so maybe he does regress down to that um, during the season. But top 12 um, Derek Carr weeks, back-to-back, That that's great if you've picked him up as a QB2, maybe a QB3 even. Um, in those Superflex leagues. And then you have Hollywood Brown as the last writer that we've got on our list. So, we are all entitled to sexual health
0: just as much as physical and mental health.
1: He's someone that I added to the list um after Richard had a look at the show sheet and I was really surprised so Hollywood was going outside of the the top 36 wide receivers um I believe me and Richard picked him in the 13th or 14th round of a of the Dynasty Listener League and he's currently the wide receiver 8 um over the 2 weeks he's had 16 targets, 12 receptions from those, 182 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then the measly five-yard rushing from one attempt. But maybe it's game script dependent. The Ravens have been very, very pass-heavy, um, or should I say more pass-heavy than usual. Um, they've had a, a big game, a big shootout with the Las Vegas Raiders. They're, that game went up for over 50 points, and then... They play the Chiefs this week. Um, I unfortunately didn't grab that. Oh, I didn't get to see that game live. But that was an insane game. There was a lot of points scored there, and the Ravens did come out with a win. There was over sixty points there, um, in 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 total for the match. But Hollywood Brown is a great under the radar surprise, shall we say? Um, I don't think. Again, I don't really don't think he's going to carry on with the wide receiver eight pace that he's got currently, but. Definitely someone to to look out on, and then moving over to the fallers. So Kenny Golladay, and I. We've also included Saquon Barkley, and I kind of want to expand this to all of the Giants' offense. They look very, very slow, um, and I don't mean through speed. I just mean in general, they they very much seem sluggish. They don't feel like they when when I'm watching the, those games. They don't feel like they're trying to excite their fans. It just doesn't seem to be going at the moment. Uh, the only saving grace on that offense right now is Daniel Jones from a fantasy point of view. Um, he scored nearly 30 points in most leagues last uh this week, just gone sorry, in week two. Maybe the Giants do switch it on. I know Kenny Golladay has been um battling injuries throughout the the off season and potentially that hamstring could be still lingering. Saquon's coming back from um Saquon's coming back from his ACL tear. Um so it could be just that. And then you've in the that offense as well, you've got um Engram who hasn't been playing. So I think when all three get back to their, their usual selves, their their full speed, I do think that offense can do well. It's just that offensive line just looks Awful, absolutely awful. And sorry to those Giants fans out there, but that offensive line needs to get better for Daniel Jones to be able to actually do something. I don't think that Daniel Jones is a game-breaker, but I definitely think he needs that time just to be able to process things a little longer than most quarterbacks do. And obviously, if, you, if he doesn't get tackled, he's not going to fumble the ball. Um, he does need to clean up his fumbles. We've said this for three plus years um, as a community, but we'll, we'll go from there. And, and then moving on from one offence to another, we're going to look at the San Francisco 49ers offence. Now, in particular, we've pulled out Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk has been very, very disappointing for a lot of people this This year so far, I said that this offence was going to be very up and down and one player could go off while another doesn't. But I didn't expect it to be Debo Samuel for the first two weeks of the season. We'll see how this carries on. But I really do think that if we have another week from Brandon Ayuk, I'm panicking with him. Ayuk really needs to, to book up his ideas. I suppose. I don't really know how was to say it. Um, for, from a fantasy point of view, um, players are re- oh, fantasy owners, should I say, or managers, are really worrying about him. So if he has one good week, I think he gets back to nearly the value that he's already lost. But I think if we go through another week without a somewhat decent week, at least 10 to 15 points, then could be panicking there. And then George Kittle, same again. Target share is decent, but is he still a top three option right now? I don't think he is. I think we've seen enough from Kelsey, obviously, as the one. But Gronk, and Hawkinson, and, and then Waller as well. I think all three of those have shown that they're currently above Kittle. Maybe Kittle does get back to his games and um, to his ways, and I think he does. I just think that it's going to take him a good amount of time to to adjust with Ayuk and Samuel there, especially I, um, especially Samuel. Sorry, getting the, the amount of target and the opportunity that he's actually getting. And um, as I said, they, they haven't really played together all three of those options plus a healthy running game and Jimmy Garoppolo. So that offense is pretty brand new. So we'll have to see what happens in the future, but I'm really worried with Kittle because he's had no, no red zone targets at all. And that's where we would expect Kittle to make his, make his mark. So maybe it is just game script so far. And once, kyle shanahan sees that people or the teams will be moving to cover samuel over the others he'll start using the others more but i do think kittle will get back to top five tight end by the end of the year we just need to see that coming through player of the week so i'll run through richie's pick and i'll speak a bit about it and then i'll go through mine in a bit more detail Rich picked Tony Pollard this week. He had a great game, about 20 points. He went for 109 yards and one touchdown on just 13 attempts. 13 attempts, that's that's a great yards per carry. And then he also went for 31 yards on three receptions. From only three targets, he he was crazy efficient this week. I do struggle with what Zeke is going to do, Um I don't really know what to think about Zeke right now. Pollard, I don't think, will be a workhorse in any capacity. I do think while Zeke is there, you've got to worry about his usage or what usage the Cowboys are going to have with Zeke. But Pollard this week went crazy, and he's shown that he's got that upside on his own now. So he's definitely someone to look out for. I I would say he's the, the top backup in the league outside of Kareem Hunt. Um, so we'll see and no me, I've forgot someone very obvious there and someone will tweet me later or message me on Sleeper and say what are you talking about this guy's better so then moving on to my player of the week Michael Williams is who I'm going to go with he has had seven um, receptions from ten targets 91 yards and a touchdown and I'm not just thinking from this week with Mike Evans really I suppose it is player of the week but he had a great game, and I, I'm more thinking about a whole, the, the past two weeks. I think with Mike Williams, he again, as I said, I'm not taking away from his game this, year, this week, but over the past two weeks, he's had the most targets on that offence. N- not even Keenan Allen, um, Austin Eckler have, have got over his targets. Uh, Keenan Allen is only one target behind, I'll give him that, but... He's the most targeted player there, um, and he's gone for 173 yards and two touchdowns over a two-week span. I think last year we had been looking at probably a, a good four, uh, four or five weeks before he actually hit that week, that span. So if he stays healthy this year, I think he could do really well. I don't think he's going to stay um, as high as he is. I think he's a wide receiver 12 right now. I just think he's someone that, as a contender, you could probably get for cheap and still have him produce. Last year, there were a lot of plays where Herbert just missed him or there was a bit of communication um, or like the timing was slightly off uh, between him and Herbert. And I I do think Mike Williams is going to come back this year um, and those plays are going to hit. I think definitely look out for him. He's uh, at least a top top 24 wide receiver this year in, in the season, unless an injury comes along. But definitely something there that that connection between him and Herbert has really hit off. Let's move on to the deep dive player of the week. Again, I'll go through Rich's first. So Rich has picked Michael Carter. Now, when he put this name on the list, I was a bit, sceptical about it. Michael Carter has had 59, or last week at least, had 59 rushing yards from 11 attempts and 29 receiving yards from two catches. I don't think that's anything flashy, but it is deep dive player of the week. So hopefully um, we do see him take over that backfield. I know that um, Rich has put on the show sheet that he had a lot of um, opportunity. I think it was... Um, around fifty percent target, um, a fifty percent opportunity share or snap share, and then uh, thirty odd percent um, opportunity share. So he's sharing the backfield with Ty Johnson, but I think over the next few weeks, Carter can take over that backfield. And if he if he shows that he can take on uh, a sixty to seventy percent role, he will get that. So maybe Carter is a, a, a sneaky buy if you're trying to contend this year. Um, with trying to look forward in the future. Um, but again, Michael Carter's probably costing you more than a second. Um, I wouldn't pay a first for him, but it, I, I would snap you up for a second at the moment. So something to think about as a contender. And then moving on to my player, so I've got quintus Cephas. So someone that I touted last year during the off-season when I came onto the pod as just a guest, Quintus Cephas is someone that I want to try and acquire. or or, or I, Sorry, I touted him last year as someone that I was either acquiring or um, just taking that punt on in in drafts because there was no one else contracted in the, that wide receiver room. Obviously, we saw um Day leave. We saw Marvin Jones leave to Jacksonville. We also saw players like Geronimo Allison that had opted out, had left, and then, excuse me, and um, and then Danny Amendola again. I don't think these last two did much to take that competition away, but there would have been something there. But there, was, there was no consistency through from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, apart from C first. So he was someone that I was picking up in a lot of places. Um, when startup season started around June, I was looking more towards Tyrell Williams because of people had clocked on at that point, and I was trying to take the lowest, uh, the lowest cost option in that offense through startups. But more, more down to Quintes himself, he went for sixty three yards um, on four catches and a touchdown um, last night, and he did really well. Like the pl- game plan for the Lions was to pick on Kevin King when he was on the field. Um, As a Packers fan, I'm not going to go into too much detail because this is a fantasy podcast, but I won't go into too much detail defensively. But I do think that that whole game plan was to pick on Kevin King and um, try and leave whoever Jair Alexander was covering to themselves. Um, And then maybe, obviously, the focal point was Hawkinson, as I said at the start. Last week, he also Quintus Cephas also showed that he still had that in in his game. In total, this season so far, he's had 13 receptions for seven tar- uh, seven receptions for 13 targets. Sorry, he does need to improve that um, completion rate. But I think most of those incompletions have, have been deep balls from Jared Goff. So we'll see how that carries on. I do expect. Hawkinson and um, Swift to be the main competition for targets in general for that offence. And maybe when Tyrell Williams comes back, he does see that um, high target share he saw right at the start of the first week. But I do think Quintus Cephas is someone to look at. I'm probably selling high on him right now. Um, If I can get a second, I'm snapping anyone's hand off that will give me a second for him. And I do think that if he carries on like this, he's at least he's just a one-year rental. I don't think there's much more to him than that. But Quintez Cephas, I, I think you can do a lot worse as a boom-bust play. He nearly also made an insane grab over Kevin King, um, one-handed, leaning backwards um, over the defender. I, I think that he he's got the skills. I just worry about him when Tyrell Williams comes back and how their, those game plans may change and it may become a run-heavy offence with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in the backfield. That is mostly the end of uh, end of this part. It's quite short because I haven't got um, Rich to bounce, bounce conversation off, but we do have one listener question I managed to pick up just before I started recording. Um I can't remember who asked it. It was in the Dynasty group chat. And it was asking about the Davis Mills situation. And I believe it was Alex, actually, I'm thinking, um, from the Dynasty Listener League, that asked, what am I doing with Davis Mills? And now that he's starting, I'm probably looking at selling him. I don't think he's the future in, in, in Houston, sorry. But we'll see. I think with him, he's very raw is the word i'm going to use i think he needs to improve a lot more before i th- can comfortably start him or even put him into my lineup if i don't or if i have someone else that's starting i'm i will be selling based on this high point um i did it in a league last year in fact i i, I tested a theory when. Jake Luton uh, for the Texans took over because I believe uh, Minchie was injured and Mike Glennon was injured, uh, injured there. So I do I, I did this test where I sold um, Easton in one league and managed to get, I believe it was Gabriel Davis in a Superflex league because me and the other owner knew that it was only going to be a couple of weeks rental. and I decided to keep him in the other league that I owned him in um, and I much rather had, had sold. I think anyone at Davis Mills's level, someone like a Jake Luter, is probably more of a a sell right now. If anyone can give you close to a second value, and um, I wouldn't be selling him for a third. There's not really much point. I would just keep him for that. Um, I'm not selling. Saying you've got to sell for picks. maybe grab someone along the lines of a, a Gabriel Davis who. Um, could increase in value or or someone along those lines. Um, I'm not saying go out and get Gabriel Davis because I think he's also a sell, but someone in that price range maybe. Just have a look at that and we'll, we'll see how Mills turns out. But I don't think it's going to be very good this year. And I think if Texans keep going on as they are, and if Mills starts for an extended period of time this year, they could be looking at the 101 pick. And although the quarterback class is not going to be as nice as it was this year, um, there are still a couple of quarterbacks that could be first-round caliber. So maybe Mills it never sees the field again, and that's that's the thought process I'm going on. If it, If he never sees the field again, then... I'm, I'm glad that I sold and if he does see the field, I think that he's going to take a couple of years to adjust the NFL before he becomes fantasy relevant and you're putting him into your lineups. Maybe just I'm just saying sell in in my, in my opinion. Apart from the weekly articles, I've got nothing, to, uh, no housekeeping to shout out or anything like that. Just as usual, check out the weekly articles. Lewis has got a good article coming tomorrow as of recording. So that will most likely be today if you're listening as podcast form. I dropped my weekly article that goes over roster management. And I explain a couple more theories and concepts, um, mostly around average age of your dynasty roster, what I'm looking at. And then I'm also looking at retooling in that article as well. So check that out rich dropped his waiver wire targets danny will be coming out with his um article on thursday so thanks for listening guys it was a slightly different one this week i know that you probably haven't heard rich on his own for a long time so at least now you can hear me <laughs> on, on my own as always guys this pod has been brought to you by manscape so five yard is the code that is five yard You get 20% off, free shipping worldwide. One of the best products that I can recommend. And we'll see you next week.